0: so we still have that imprinted sound or that siren of uh oh possible you know yeah, situation coming up for you. Or something yeah and that's what no implies and so we've gotten away from knowing or understanding that that's okay mm-hmm. as long as we find that balance of a beautiful healthy loving relationship but no is no yeah it's not a gray area
1: yeah <laughs> Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting podcast. I, Dr. Douglas Peak, am the Salty Pastor, and I am here with the parenting coach extraordinaire, Kim Cross.
0: Hello, everybody. It's great to be here.
1: Yes, and why are we here for all of these wonderful people listening to this parenting podcast?
0: Oh, well, we are here to educate, yes. to encourage, yes. and to entertain. And speaking of entertainment... I'd like to give you a famous quote that I love.
1: What's your famous quote?
0: We can't always build the future for our youth, Mm -hmm. but we can build our youth for the future.
1: Yeah. Make strong kids.
0: That's Franklin D Roosevelt. Got to give credit where credit's due.
1: Well, and the big question is what are we doing uh, to do that? I feel like today because, uh, in the world and the society in which we live, the art of producing strong kids has been lost a little bit. And so we need some reminders. We need some encouragement and some inspiration. Cause I know that parents, many, many parents, uh, especially parents who are listening to this podcast do so because they're like, look, I want to, uh, take my role in my child's life seriously and do what's best.
0: Yes, and we have a lot of parents that are completely overwhelmed, stressed out, and feeling like there's no hope.
1: Yeah, and we talked a little bit last uh, podcast about the parent's job and some of the basic responsibilities of a parent. Uh, So let's remind ourselves of those really quickly so that people can ensure that they are up to speed.
0: So role of a parent. Obviously, we are the first people that children encounter that will teach us what love is. What love is. Excellent, Yes. Um, our job both ethically and morally and legally is to keep them safe and secure, Yeah,
1: safe and secure. And
0: we're going to talk about love and security today, by the way. Okay. Uh, we need to provide for their basic needs, mm-hmm. aka- not their wants, not their wants. That's right.
1: Yeah, the yeah, Needs versus wants. That's a big deal as a parent.
0: Big deal. We're going to talk about that a little bit today and probably a little bit in every podcast we do. Yes, where you'll get a
1: heavy dose of oh, needs versus wants.
0: Huge. Uh, to provide an education. Okay, yes. To teach morals, values, and perseverance. Mm-hmm. To set and enforce limits. Life yes. is full of limits.
1: Full limits.
0: And then prepare our kids for independent life.
1: Yeah, because we're uh, growing adults. Uh, I was listening to a uh, A pad, a podcast with, uh, Harvey Friesen, pastor at Foothills Christian Church and Shadley, his wife, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about that their parenting goal, you know, is that we have adults that happen to be children right now.
0: Exactly. I love that.
1: Yeah. Isn't that great. And
0: I, I used to think all the time, I only have 18 years. To prepare them for this world? Are you kidding me? I think I need like 36. Yeah,
1: I'd like more time, but you don't get it.
0: You don't get it. No, And they don't want it either.
1: (laughs) So if that's the, that's the role or job of a parent, what isn't the job of a parent?
0: It is not our job to be their friend. Okay. It is not our job to give them all they want. Okay. And it's certainly not our job, believe it or not, to make them happy.
1: Okay. That's kind of their deal that they have to learn how to do, right? It
0: is, but it's also our deal that if we do all the things that I said earlier, mm-hmm. so teach them love, set limits, uh, teach them educate, give them education, teach them values, morality, and give them life skills, they'll probably be happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah so what kind of want to do it's a
0: mutually you know um it's a mutual endeavor.
1: And so the 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 role of you uh, parents I think is to consider how you have 18 years to prepare your uh child who is becoming adult they will grow whether you want them to or not. <laughs> I, I
0: can't put them on the every other day feeding plan. You yeah. Mean?
1: <laughs> I used to, well, I used to always joke you're growing. We're going to quit feeding you for a while. See, if we slow that down a little bit. I can't afford new pants or new shoes quite yet, but that was of course a joke. But yeah. what happens is, uh, we know what our job is. We know what our job isn't. So in that period of time, you know, I mean, each, each stage of, uh, development or maturation. And in the last podcast, we went through various stages of maturation uh, it's similar that we want to prepare our kids for that. You know, we want to, it's like sending them off to school, so to speak, you know, and you, you always give them a backpack and you fill it full of stuff. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we can fill the backpack of life with for our kids as they march off into adulthood?
0: Okay. Well, first of all, um, I like to think of it as two different kinds of backpacks. Okay. So we have the ones that kids wear over their shoulder on their little back and they're kind of small and lightweight. And then you see those backpacks that are on wheels, and the kids <laughs> the are monster. dragging, them, dragging behind them behind them. them so yeah, yeah, so I I kind of made a list of of those two um, backpacks and what might be in them. Okay. So if you're a child who has grown up in a family that's provided for your needs and um, made you feel secure and loved and all the good stuff that mm-hmm. we're supposed to do as a parent. In your backpack, you've got security. Okay. You're going to school feeling like you're encouraged, that you trust adults. You have convictions and confidence. You've got purpose and work ethic and values and morality and and all this wonderful um, list of things that gives you a great attitude and a sense of peace and and confidence in school.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: However, you come from a background that doesn't teach love that's very volatile and insecure Mm -hmm. you don't have limits and boundaries you're dragging that big wheeled backpack behind you to school
1: you got some baggage
0: you've got some baggage and it's weighing you down and it's things like insecurity shame guilt entitlement Um, you've come from a background of chaos yeah you have a lot of unresolved conflict there's no limits or boundaries so you, you feel like you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You have no respect for authority. You're impulsive, you're angry, you're defensive. That is going to have an, a tremendous impact on your ability to learn.
1: Mm-hmm. And so those things kind of have to be resolved a little bit. And one of the ways we do that is we just focus on the four critical needs of kids. And we started in the last podcast, introducing what some of those were. And I believe we talked about security. And so what are we going to talk about today about how you as a parent can meet Uh, one of the four critical needs of your children, what they are. And the one that we're going to talk about today is
0: sense of security. And we may dip a little bit into unconditional love and affection as well.
1: All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about security and how you as a parent can develop security in the life of your child at each developmental stage. So where are we going to get started here on the critical need of security?
0: Well, you know, I, I first look at our kids prepared for the future, like in the quote mm-hmm. I gave, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not. So we look back in the past and we see that parents were teaching their kids values, biblical principles, and truth. They taught them life skills. Oftentimes it was in a trade or, mm-hmm. you know, passing on a business. Um was really big years past that children respected others, as particularly elders, anybody of authority, teachers, police officers, things like that. I think kids had a much more better sense of gratefulness and humility Mm -hmm. um, that they could sacrifice, persevere, and then serve others. And I'm not seeing that in today's world. I think we've given kids more of a Disneyland type environment where they then launch out into the world. And that sense of insecurity is huge because they don't recognize the world. Yeah. Everything's been given to them all their wants. Everything is happy and wonderful on the surface, right? Yes. And then they get out there and it's a disaster.
1: You know, I've heard so, it phrased this way. And that is, is, that the primary job of a parent is to prepare your kids for the world in which they will actually live.
0: That's right. The real world, the real world. So they get out there and they go, oh, this is familiar. Yeah. I, I, I know how to navigate this. I can
1: navigate this. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to this. I'm used to conflict. I'm used to problems. I'm used to people being in my way. And I have developed confidence over time that I can overcome these challenges in my life.
0: Absolutely. And when you have kids that have just had their wants met and not their needs, that, that is insecurity. Yeah. Because security is a, is a critical need right? So when you have kids that just have their wants met, this is what you end up with. They're, they're typically very insecure and self-centered. Okay. They are, I hate to say the word Doug, but lazy and entitled. Oh my. I know.
1: You're not saying I'm lazy and entitled. Not you. No, not you him. just, uh, you're just worried <laughs> about using the word. Okay. Yes. I got it. Got it.
0: Not equipped for life. They don't have what I call confidence and competence.
1: Okay. Yeah. They're
0: unmotivated. Okay. They're angry, frustrated, and resentful to their parents because they know they're not prepared,
1: Mm. which is a big one. And that's one of the reasons why I've always said that, uh, be a parent first. Right. Uh, because you try to be a friend first, your kid's going to grow up and they will be neither your friend nor respect you as a parent. That's right. But if you're a parent first, they will grow up, they will respect you. And then they will become your friend.
0: That's right. And they may not always like you while you're their parent. Correct. But later they will appreciate you. Yes. Because they'll see what you have done to prepare them for life. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So uh, continuing my list, they're never satisfied because wants are endless.
1: Yes, wants are endless.
0: They are um, not prepared for how much pain and sacrifice life life often uh, requires. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause it does lots, lots it's hard. Um, They're poor stewards of time and money. Mm. They don't value it because they've never had skin in the game. Mm. And they're not grateful for what they have. So they don't appreciate what they have. And then they are insecure and fearful. Yeah. So we have to shift of course here because we want to give people (laughs) hope and encouragement, right? Yeah.
1: So these are the things, uh, and I think the point is, is that we're trying to say is that uh, the The stakes in this game of parenting are fairly high. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, they're, they're not, uh, overwhelming obstacles. They are not things that are impossible. You don't have to have a bachelor's degree to do these things. Uh, creating security within the life of your child is understanding just a few basic things and then sticking with those. And it's that consistency over time that will have a remarkable impact in their life. So what are some of those basic things that anybody can do regardless of the age of their child?
0: So number one, we want to to make them feel safe and secure. Okay. How do we do that? So we have clear limits, expectations, and consequences. Okay. We, We go over expectations often. You don't just run it through and, and have it be a one and done. It's something mm-hmm. you talk about as they mature and age and have different life experiences, mm-hmm. but we talk about expectations all the time. And we're consistent in our delivery of consequences mm-hmm. when they mess up and they're going to
1: Yeah, like cleaning their room. Let's take that one. Okay. So, cause cause kids, uh, will, uh, if their room is an absolute disaster, right? Uh, that's chaotic. Yes. That's chaos. And that's not good because that. That is a physical manifestation of their inner spirit
0: and their brain and the brain.
1: <laughs> and so what you want to do is the whole notion of keeping your room in order. We're not talking, you know, eat off the floor, uh, but there has to be a certain order or at least a regular period of time each week where they put it back in order.
0: Correct. It's a routine and it's part of their chores mm-hmm. and they need to understand it isn't their room. They're just borrowing it temporarily. Yeah. Right. They're
1: borrowing it from you.
0: Yes. And that. When we talk about getting your, I used to tell my kids all the time, okay, let's get your room presentable. It mm-hmm. didn't have to be perfect, yeah, but it needed to be presentable. And okay. So, that's a
1: great way for it. Let's get it presentable. Presentable. Yeah. Right.
0: Because it's my home. It's, it is my room, you're using it, but I expect it to, to be a particular standard. And I want to set you up for good habits for the rest of your life.
1: And so how do you, how do you do that and develop that over a period of time without getting into power struggles with your kids?
0: Ah, well, there's a great phrase. As soon as your room is clean, happy to take you to swim practice (laughs) or happy to take you to the birthday party or happy to serve lunch. Right. So they're enforceable statements where they may buck the system a little bit. But their world sort of shuts down until those needs are yeah. are taken care of.
1: See, that's a, per- now that, that right there. See, I want everybody to catch how brilliant that is because if you say clean your room or I will punish you, then the impetus, it becomes a power struggle because then they're going to dare you to punish them, Correct. whatever that would be. And now it's up to you to follow through. But if you invert it, what you do is they've got all this stuff that they want. Right. And it's like, as soon as you do what you're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. then you'll get what you want. Right. And that's called experiencing the consequences of your own (laughs) decisions.
0: Bingo. That's brilliant. I love that. And when you tell kids what to do, it's not enforceable because they can say no. Correct. And now you're put in a position of defensiveness. Yeah. It also undermines the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a power struggle. They have no choice. But when you say, hey, I'm happy to do this for you as soon as you blank or, you know, reverse that, uh, as soon as you do blank, I'm happy to, it leaves them with a decision to make and they feel like they have some control.
1: They have control. And and so moms, this is really important, you know, because uh, I know so many moms who are like, I'm in a power struggle with my Mm three-year-old how did I get here you know (laughs) and it puts
0: their kid in fight or flight yeah and both of those options are not good
1: and so so uh ladies uh moms in particular is that it's really important that this power struggle is resolved in a way like you just described you're giving them options but their whatever it is that they want is completely contingent now when they're three it might be well you get to watch those cartoons or you get to do this, and what happens initially? If if you're this is a new technique for you, the, your kid is going to act react negatively at first because it's kind of a little bit of a new thing. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Or they'll look look at you like, "What have you done with my parent? And
1: <laughs> who are you? you? Who are you?"
0: They'll be thrown off a little bit because they're confused. They're mm-hmm. not getting the usual routine that correct. they expect, and correct. they know how to navigate that. Yeah, they right? know how to manipulate that. Yes, <laughs> they do. Yes, they do. So you're putting them from fight or flight to thinking mode. Okay. You don't want them in fighting mode. You want them in mm-hmm. thinking mode. Keep, mm-hmm. I always say, keep your kids a little confused, hungry, and tired. You have total control. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, write that down and put it on your refrigerator.
0: Well, not total control, but you yeah. have more. No, you have more. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maintaining predictable routines, expectations, consequences, providing... Uh, also, predictable responses as a parent okay. is huge. Yeah. So that's where that consistency comes in, and if you have that air of leadership mm-hmm. for your kids, that's powerful. That's security. Yeah. We all w- love a, a, a you know leadership that's secure yeah. and predictable. Yes. But if you put your kids in control, like you said, at three years old, they're not equipped for that. Yeah. Now you've got absolute chaos Mm -hmm. and nothing is enforceable.
1: Yeah. Nothing is enforceable. And that, so, so it's really interesting because some people feel like a, like a dad, you know, maybe he's mom's at home doing this or mom's working part time. And she's involved with a a four year old and a two year old. So she has her her hands full, maybe with a, maybe it's a one year old, it's a a baby or whatever, and she's in power struggle. And so dad comes home and he goes, well, let's just make more rules and enforce them. You right, know, right. And then he does that and and what I've seen in, in the past is that, that that the older child will see Dad walk in and force more rules. they'll they'll comply for just a moment, you know what I'm saying. But then as soon as Dad's gone, it's back to where it used to be.
0: The cat's away, the mice will play. The
1: mice are playing.
0: And when you have just rules and no relationship, okay you have rebellion yeah you'll get and rebellion and chaos yeah. but if the relationship stays calm and the parents just with a smile on the face hey as soon as your toys are picked up happy to serve lunch yeah and then you walk out that leaves the onus on the child you're yeah. not the bad guy their decision is yeah and now they have to sit with that and go hmm do i want lunch yes uh i don't want to clean up my toys but i guess i will yeah or uh oh, yeah i'm hungry let's clean up these toys great we move on yeah. it's enforceable
1: Yeah. It's enforceable. Yeah. And that's, what's really key is that what you want to do is you want to give choices. And because really what happens is when there are no limits, you're creating an insecure environment for a child that's psychologically not good for them.
0: It's very bad for them. And they feel like you don't love me enough to set those limits and Mm -hmm. take the time to teach me correctly. Yeah. So if you're giving me control that I shouldn't have, that's really a sign of that you're not loving me correctly or securely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't know that consciously, but that's what's going on. They thrive on limits and boundaries. We all do.
1: We all do. Yeah, Yeah, don't do that. And I'll tell you what, the best time to set limits and boundaries is when they're young. The younger, the better.
0: In fact, yes, kids understand what an authority figure is Mm -hmm. by the age of two. Yeah. So this is implanted very, very early. In fact, I call it the age of no. You've heard me say that. That can start as early as 13 months or up to two, two and a half years old. Do it early because then you have much easier road ahead.
1: You know, I was reading about a a child psychologist and he was talking about raising his kids. And one of the things he would do uh, when they're infants and they just started to uh, crawl is he would, in the living room, He would uh, lay on the floor next to him, you know, and they'd crawl on him a little bit and then they would start to crawl off and then he would grab their leg and he would say no when they went towards something that they shouldn't happen. And he said at first, you know, they would pull and they would tug and they would fight, but he would just hold their leg and just say no, not in a mean or harsh, just no. And what happened is then, you know, the, 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 the infant started to realize no is I can't, Cross that limit. And then after a while he said, you know, after, you know, anywhere from three to four weeks later, all I would do is they'd start, I'd just say no. And then the child would turn around and sit down.
0: Yeah. That, that's been implanted in the brain is a, a trigger. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so they start doing that. And then, and it's really interesting because your child's brain is developing, but, uh, I was, uh, talking to somebody who, uh, trains elephants. And he says, when an elephant is really, really small, they put a chain around its leg and then, you know, its thing. And then after that, all they have to do is put a string around it. Right. As uh, the adult elephant could break that string in the blink of an eye, but it's been conditioned. So it's, I'm not saying treat your kids like an elephant, but what I'm saying is that there is some physiological development of the brain that is proven in the biology of how we live that these techniques are a very effective.
0: They are. And the balance there, Doug, is that you also are. Bonding, having fun, enjoying one another, having all that wonderful part of parenting with your kids when things are going well or you don't need to set any limits, right? So it's that balance. And you're present. And And you're you're just present present right there, yeah. Yes. And, you know, we as adults forget that we still do this. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever gotten a speeding ticket, do you remember where you were? Oh, yes. And it could go back decades, right?
1: Decades and decades, yeah.
0: So if you hear a siren as as an adult today mm-hmm. do you think oh good i'm getting a massage <laughs> or do you think oh darn it i'm getting pulled over for well, a ticket I,
1: I immediately look at the speedometer and see what's going on
0: uh-huh. and then your rear view mirror and you go oh here we go yeah, right yeah absolutely right. yeah so we still have that imprinted sound or that siren of uh oh possible you know yeah, situation danger coming up issue for you. or something yeah and that's what no implies and so We've gotten away from knowing or understanding that that's okay mm-hmm. as long as we find that balance of a beautiful, healthy, loving relationship. But no is no. Yeah. It's not a gray area.
1: Yeah. And one of the things uh, in, in regards to this is uh, it's said often is that the most character developed. Word in the English language is no.
0: <laughs> Life is full of limits yeah. and boundaries. And boundaries, yeah. Lots I mean, no. try it. Right, mm-hmm. go out. Don't pay your taxes. Yeah. Don't pay. Make your car payment. Yeah. Don't pay your mortgage you know, speed and drive like a maniac, life will teach you very quickly.
1: Yeah. You know, it was interesting when my kids were younger, you know, uh, they uh, were probably, I would say in fourth or fifth grade, you know, and when they're in that point, they start to realize that, you know, sometimes no is not like a hard no and they start trying to negotiate (laughs) with you and blah, 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 blah. And so I went through a short phase where I was like, you know, Uh, and when you guys are pushing the limits, like with your mom or something like that, um, I'm I'm always like, yeah, I'm a mountain, I'm unmovable. The answer is no, no matter what on some things. But then after that, I started, they would come and say, well, dad, what about blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to say, I want to say yes, but that's a no. Or,
0: or you just need more information. And every once in a while, if your kids are respectful and the no has been established, you can say, convince me.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly my point is that they would come and they would say, Hey, I want to go to my friend's house. Well, the answer is no. I'd like to say yes though. And what I'm communicating them is that you need to present a better case. you know, because you already know our values is you can't go over to a friend's house unless the parents are there.
0: And that you give the W's, I call them. Yeah. The who, when, what, where, yeah, and exa- why.
1: Yeah. All the details. <laughs> I, that's exactly right. And and you can't go over to a friend's house unless I've personally met the parents, you know? Right. And that's one of those things is that I want to go if they're, uh, I want to meet the dad and I want to look him in the eye and shake his hand. That's right. You know, man to man, mano a mano. I want to know, you know, if my my eight-year-old son's going to go hang out with you you know, cause the place your kid is exposed to things that you don't want oh. is when they're at their friend's house.
0: And we've talked about this before. Don't do sleepovers. Yeah. Sleepovers. That's the worst yeah. place that this really bad things can happen.
1: Yeah. And I tell people. Look, nothing good happens in a kid's life after 10 o'clock.
0: Yes, right.
1: <laughs> they need to be asleep. And the thing the thing that's really important is, you know, as our kids got older, they were like, well, they're having a sleepover for this birthday party and blah, 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 blah. And so we would, what we do is as they got older, age appropriate, we would say, okay, well, we'll come pick you up at 11 o'clock.
0: Exactly. They or can we'll, enjoy all the fun, but yeah. they don't need to stay.
1: No, they don't. Uh, we'll pick you up at 1130. You know, and we'd tell parents that and the hardest part for our kids is the limits. And that is, is that when they would have these things, we'd say, we don't do sleepovers. And, you know, my eight-year-old's not going to watch a PG-13 or an R-rated movie. That's right. You know, just not going to do it. And so we would, a lot of uncomfortable conversations would happen. And when we'd say, yeah, you know, we just want to know what movie you're showing at the at the sleepover, at the birthday party or whatever. And if it was like PG-13 or R or something like that, we would respond to the parents say, uh, uh, you know, this this isn't our son or daughter's thing. This is our thing as parents. It's our values. Our value system, blah, 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 blah. And what was interesting about it is nine times out of the 10, you know what the parents would say to us? They would say, you know, you're right. We're not, we're gonna find something better. Exactly. You know,
0: yeah. That's the positive influence of taking a stand and being a good leader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and teaching those morals and values. And the other thing you could do is say, well, when are you showing the movie? So it'll be done by such and such. We'll, we'll we can have them over there now. If that's, if that's okay with you.
1: Yeah. And we could, yeah, there's we can work around there's workarounds. Yeah. Um, because, and, and that's a sacrifice, you know, because I'll tell you what, you know, at nine 30, I'm ready for bed me too <laughs> you know if my son wants to stay out till like eleven thirty, you know it's kim and torture. i are fl- yeah we're flipping a coin say so who's gonna wake up and go pick him up but right. but that's what you do you know that's what you signed up for at least and what i believe is you always want to do what's best for your kid and teaching those limits these are illustrations of how to keep limits in place and
0: as they get older you can incorporate choices within limits so i could say to my child would you like to stay out till 10 or 10 well, of course they're going to go with 1030, yeah. but now they feel like they've gotten a little more than they yeah. were going to get, yeah. and they feel good about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know what else is what we did in regards to limits is every year they had a birthday, we changed their limits.
0: Right, they get to get a little more freedom based yeah. on how they handle the responsibility piece. Yes. So I used to say to my kids all the time, hey, my job is to love you and keep you safe and say yes as often as possible, yes. that depends on you. Yes. So if you have a proven track record of handling that freedom, Because you've been responsible, I'm going to probably say yes more and more. Yeah. But when you don't meet those standards of responsibility and freedom, I will probably have to say more no more often until you can prove otherwise. Yeah, I want to say yes. This is on them.
1: Yeah, I want to say yes. Help me say yes. That's right. You know, and that puts them in thinking mode.
0: And it puts you out of bad guy mode. It puts their decision. In, yeah. in the realm of good or bad.
1: Which is where it's really, really important. So just to recap everyone, what we're talking about here is we're talking about security. And limits always, always produce more security in the life of a child, what about, uh, not you, you talk about consistent, predictable responses from parents. And we did a little bit about, but, uh, talk about the whole notion of ownership. How do you get your kid to take ownership for like their dirty room or doing their laundry or getting their homework done? How, how, cause ownership is part of that security.
0: Right. Well, we'll, we will in the future do a podcast all on chores. Okay. Um, But in a nutshell, it's basically that people who love each other help each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And you empower the child by saying, we need your help. We're depending Uh on you. Uh It's part of their sense of belonging and purpose, which is one of their critical needs. And so when you set expectations and you role model it for them, Uh that you're doing chores, you're contributing to the household, you're sacrificing, you're working hard for others, and you have a positive attitude about it, starting really young... Like, hey, buddy, we're going to take out the trash. Man, I need your help. You're so strong. Come on, let's do this together. There's a bond and a love connection that mm-hmm. is positive as opposed to go do your chores. Get this done. Very commanding yeah, yeah, it's relational and it's positive Yeah, so that early connection to getting things done is also connected to love and security mm-hmm. and then giving them options and choices hey i need this done by five o'clock you decide what time you want to do it whatever works for you just as long as it's done by five mm-hmm. that again gives them a little control yeah so when they have some skin in the game they have some say in it they feel like they have some control they're going to own it much more than you just telling them what to do, when to do it, how to do it. That that's no fun. Those those are commands. Yes. Those aren't those aren't relational choices and projects that you do together.
1: And those are some things that can create ownership. Now, children need to feel safe in order to learn and thrive, and so security is really an important value. It's something that you as a parent put in the backpack of life, so to speak, as they are growing up. And so I'd like to just kind of spend a little bit of time uh, at the end of this podcast talking about the issue of quality time together for a healthy relationship. Somebody said something to me right before I started having kids. Uh, I remember his, his, his name was Phil, Phil Haas, and uh, he was a, a family pastor. And he said that there's no such thing as quality time without quantity of time.
0: That's great. And if you ask children, what do you need more of or want more of, they'll almost always say time with their parents
1: mm-hmm.
0: because we are their leaders, their role models for life. They want time with us. They mm-hmm. instinctively know they need time with us to learn, right? Yeah. So letting kids know that we care about them, that we sacrifice pretty much a lot of our time for them, that they're a priority in their life, mm-hmm. sets the foundation for then telling, being able to tell them what to do, giving them chores, to, you know, telling them expectations because the foundational pieces there of, of the relationship, if you're just getting rid of the relationship piece and just giving them commands again, you get resentment. Yeah. It's what, what was the old phrase, Doug? Um, people will forget what you say and what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: time with kids is foundational and key. They need to know that you care about them and you want to be with them.
1: Yeah. So take an interest in them. And uh, to, in today's world, the best way to do that is to uh, turn off your phone when you get home. Eat dinner together. Yeah, eat dinner together. Have a time every night where we eat dinner together. You know, kind of a thing. And
0: and one-on-one time with each kid.
1: And if you're yeah, and if you're a father, you need to lead in having a dinner time together. And one of the things that I did when my kids were going up. Uh, is that uh, each month we'd have a time where we would say hey i'm gonna go spend time with just you or just this person and and sometimes kim would say well i'm gonna go spend time with Mackenzie, and you go spend time with zach or you go spend time with jake or you just do things with your kids
0: and you get into their world you don't have them get into yours so you ask them what are you interested what do you want to do
1: yes that's awesome well hello everybody we are at the end of our incredibly uh special time together and i hope that it was beneficial for you. So continue to tell all of your friends about the art, Lost Art of Parenting podcast with Kim Cross and Douglas Peak. Well, here we are today signing off and saying you can become the parent you're called to be.
0: And it'll make your life and theirs a lot better.
1: Amen. <laughs>